shining a light on podcasts and videos that have caught our attention. The Spotlight with Jen Spiker. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Okay, so the, the Hebrew word desire is ever in that particular instance. And it's it's kind of a righteous desire because his desire is for the benefit of his people. Mm. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. One of the most well-known commandments is you shall not covet. We know it's a sin, and yet sometimes we long for things, and sometimes they don't seem unreasonable. There are four different Hebrew words that can all be translated to the word covet, but they have different meanings and applications. And in this program, we're going to learn what is an acceptable kind of longing or desire and what is not. Yeah, I think we need to probably start immediately with the actual scripture that tells us we're not allowed to covet. It's Exodus 20, verse 17, and it says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbour. Interesting that it turns up in one of the Ten Commandments and you wonder what is so bad about (laughs) coveting. Yeah. But uh, the Gospel Coalition explains this where they say it can never be satiated. Coveting relentlessly craves more of this world, and a person's thoughts, affections, and heart occupied with the world will cease seeking heaven. It forsakes love for God and disposes one to hate their neighbor. Coveting pulls the heart down into the pit of self-seeking and the muck and mire of envy, slander, adultery, pride, dishonor, murder, thievery, and idolatry. It has rightly been said that when we break any of the first nine commandments, we also break the tenth. Mm, It's a very, very good Definition actually is a very good explanation. And um, I actually jumped online as well because it's one thing to have a Christian perspective, but what is the Jewish perspective? And I went to jewishencyclopedia.com and this is what it says there. It says, covetousness is the inordinate desire to possess that which one is not entitled or that which belongs to another. Covetousness never succeeds in attainment of the object desired. They're basically saying the same thing mm. as the Gospel Coalitions, that you, you're constantly wanting something more and more and more and more and more. You don't have a right to it, but you never, ever get satisfied when you're coveting what somebody else has. Yeah, and interesting that it says that it never leads to the attainment of the object desired, so it's yeah. more and more of something, but exactly. never providing fulfillment. Never, ever satisfied. So in other words... It just leads to sin because in order to get what you want, you've, you've got to get into methodologies or behaviors or making decisions that are going to lead you into error or into sin in order to get yeah. what you don't have a right to have. Yeah. There's lots of great uh, biblical examples of this. I mean, yeah. the first one obviously would be Adam and Eve in the garden. Oh. <laughs> um, they, they're given rights to eat anything they want, any plant, herb, you, know, you name it, every tree in the garden except one. And of course... That's the one that they you know, <laughs> desire and covet and say, I what? want to have that. What is it about us? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how it works. It's a bit like, I mean, you see a, a wet paint sign, don't touch. 
You've got to put and your finger on the wall. And it's covered in fingerprints. That's it. <laughs> or you know, don't walk on the grass. There's all these. It's just you know, something built into us as humans that we just have to you know, want that one thing that we've told we can't have. I know. I know. Oh, It's very frustrating, isn't yeah. it? Especially if you're the one who's cutting the grass <laughs> and painting the sign or yeah. painting the, the object. But there's another one. There's another example. And that is the story of Achan. Remember when the, um, the Israelites were to conquer Jericho and they had to march around? Yep. And then when they're told, when you go in, do not take anything for spoil, nothing, zero zip. But Achan, he got in there and he thought, actually, this looks like pretty good stuff. I'm just going to take a little bit just for a bit. myself, just yep. a little bit. That led to the, um, sin within Israel. So they actually had men lost their lives in the next battle. And two, the destruction of his entire family, yeah. all because he couldn't get his eyes off the stuff and obey the Lord. That's another example. Yeah. That's um, Joshua chapter 7. You can read about that. Also, another one would be King David. Of course, he had oh gosh, yeah. numerous wives and uh, would have had no you know, need or want uh, in, that, in that department. But, of course, he glances over the wall, sees Bathsheba, and then that leads to both adultery but also ultimately murder of her husband as well. Exactly, and that is exactly what the definition provided by the Gospel Coalition and even the Jewish Encyclopedia were either saying or inferring is that the the sin of covetousness, desiring something you have no right to have, will lead to other sins, other behaviours, and and the consequences can be devastating. Mm. So, yeah, they're, they're very, very powerful examples. And if you read your Bible, you'll find a whole lot more because it's full of human yeah. nature. But there are there are four four words in the Hebrew. They all get translated to covet, but they have different meanings or connotations because there's we're not allowed to covet. But what about if you're longing for something that's a good thing? Well, I want to explain these words very quickly. There's kamad, and this is a word about finding something delightful to want it. There's eva, and this word is about great desire or craving. Kana. This word concerns jealousy, and then there's batsa, and this word concerns chasing after something for unjust gain. That's never going to be acceptable. But there are some examples that are used in connection with God, and of course, He is our ultimate example, and so therefore, we are to we should be um, mirroring our behaviours and attitude with regard to righteous longing, not coveting, according to God's example. So, Psalm forty-five is an example. There's Psalm forty-five, verse eleven. Then the king, God, will desire your beauty. That's the people of God, because he's your Lord. Bow down to him. Okay, so the, the Hebrew word desire is eva in that particular instance. And it's it's kind of a righteous desire because his desire is for the benefit of his people. Mm. It's that kind of a, we would say coveting, but it's a longing. It's this desire is for the benefit of his people. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, it's a good kind of longing. And then there's Psalm 132, 13 to 14. It says, The Lord has chosen Zion. He's desired it for his habitation. This is my resting place forever. Here I'll dwell, for I have desired it. And again, the Hebrew word used twice in that verse is, again, it's ever. And it's good. It's righteous. And it's a thoroughly holy kind of desire that God has exercised by himself. He has set his holy city, this place, as basically his throne. 
there's nothing evil. There's nothing. It doesn't destroy anybody. This is a righteous thing. Yeah. So that's an example of, I guess, the word desire. But there's also scriptures where God describes himself as being jealous. And yeah. the, an example of that it's is in tricky. Exodus 20, verse 5. It says, you shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me. Yeah, there's um, a lot of people who who that's a sticking point for mm. them. That doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound righteous to me. How could God be jealous? The Hebrew word here that is being used is kana, and it's God expressing righteous, holy, zealous, jealousy. God didn't want his people chasing after what was bad, what was evil, what was going to lead them into idolatry, what was going to lead them into sin, what was going to lead the people into committing appalling acts like the surrounding nations. So when he's saying jealousy, this is like a protective jealousy for his people. God ultimately wanted the benefit, his jealousy was for the benefit and mm. safety and protection and holiness of his people. So I think when we look at the difference between coveting and longing, it is really um, has to do with the motivation of what are you longing for? Is it just because it's your selfish desires or is it for the benefit of others? I, I think too that because um, in the first examples we had of men and their covetousness, it was about selfish things, things that they wanted for themselves, material wealth, um, another man's wife, you know, greed. I've got all of this, but I want that tree. I want yeah. that piece of fruit. In and of itself, there is nothing wrong with desiring a nice home. Everybody wants to live in a nice home. There's nothing wrong with that. But there is something inherently wrong with wanting somebody else's home. Yeah. Because that's bigger, it's better, and I'm mm. not satisfied with what I've got. I want theirs. And there's nothing wrong with being ambitious in your job. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have a good job with a good pay and a, and a great environment. That's not a sinful or an evil thing to desire. But there is something inherently wrong with getting involved in um, machinations behind the scenes to get somebody else out of the position you want mm. so that you can get it. Yeah. So I guess that comes back to waiting for the right time and contentment, really, which is what that's all about. And the Apostle Paul talks about that in Philippians yes. 4, where he says, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content mm. in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. And that's what we mean by colouring inside the lines. God has set these boundaries for us. And if we, it's very easy to be seduced by the things that we see. It looks shinier on that side of the fence. You know, this, this, the, the phrase, the grass is always greener on the other side. Oftentimes it's not. You get to the other side and you realise it wasn't as green or as sweet mm. as you thought. And the Apostle Paul was right there. Learn to be content with what you have and learn to wait. God may want you to have that house. He may want to give you a promotion. Or he may, might actually do something totally different. But learn to be content and learn to wait. But don't fall into sin. On our next program, we're going to be studying the menorah, the significance of it, and why God said it would stand in the tabernacle. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.